0: We have one more. We could do four if we want.
1: We'll play it by you. It's a test. It's a test. It, 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 it's a test. It's a test. Hello, hello, and welcome to this newest edition of the Weekly Watch List, a semi-regular podcast about... Media. It's that time of the month <laughs> slash two to four weeks. <laughs> it's it's that nondescript period between records. Yeah, Will's losing their headphones. I don't know if that's a good idea. It's gone. He's, they're gone. He's thrown them down. <laughs> they're probably more for his use other than mine because he can then hear himself and get some feedback about half hour away he is from the mic. But he's, all he's right. throwing them on the ground. My name's Sean Peterbunch. I'm joined as always by Will Peters. Will, hello. Hello. How you going?
0: Um, Good, as always. Just, you know, living... Punching away at uni. Yep. Um, trying to find jobs, getting denied for jobs, getting, getting told I interview well, yep. but they're not going to give me the chance. It's
1: happens a lot. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> that's my life. It, the compliment sandwich. Yeah.
1: The, the bad news is in the middle. <laughs> yeah. the, the bit about not getting job. We really a job. Appreci-
0: appreciate you coming in. Jeez, to your, your resume looks
1: outstanding. You, you've interviewed so well, uh, but, but unfortunately, uh, this. Time <laughs> sadly, we've decided not to fill the role. We'll
0: keep you on our records. No, you won't. No, you won't. You will never speak to me <laughs> <Get> again. <stuffed.
1: laughs> Just go, just be honest with me. (laughs) Yeah, I like the one where I went for a job once and was told all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, I suppose. Thanks. And then found out that they actually just, they're just not going to fill the job. It was like, so basically what you're telling me is nobody you spoke to is good enough. So it's not that you've lost the budget or whatever. Go, I actually haven't been beaten by anybody for this position. None of us are any good.
0: Yeah, I asked for the feedback and got told, interviewed really well, there's this is one guy at the picture at the post. And I was like, well, fuck him. <laughs>
1: Tell me his name and where he lives.
0: <laughs> I will find you I, want, I will kill you. I want to
1: meet this man. <laughs> uh, since we last recorded, there hasn't really been a lot in the way of news. I, I was sort of keeping an eye on, on things that I was... And generally, we present news that is sort of of interest to us. Yeah. And there wasn't the really, really a lot, to be honest. We just spoke off pod. There was... um. A bit of stuff about the Oscars. Obviously, Oscar nominations had come out, and mm-hmm. like I, I, I usually quite like the Oscars, and I like the awards season, and like, like watching it unfold, and you kind of get in your own head, who might be nominated, who might win. But yeah. this year, like, it's honestly, they have to hold an Oscars ceremony, mm. but it's not worth winning one this year.
0: Asterisks. Just the, like the, the field is so like footy last year.
1: The field is so compromised, mm-hmm. and the releases are so compromised yep. that it's just—it's not a true reflection of the year in cinema. So it's a really hard one. I, I do feel bad for for films that are gonna get the recognition, but a lot of people are kind of go—they're gonna look at it and go, "Oh, but but really, like it's not really an awards field, is it? Because ah. we didn't really get a full slate of pictures." So, <clears throat> but in terms of news, there wasn't really a whole lot that came across my desk. So what we thought we'd do instead, because we haven't recorded in a little while. You sort of just do a bumper kind of recommendations. So usually, yep. we do the three with a shared one. We might have a couple of shared ones, and sort of end up with four or five each um, to kind of make up for the lost time. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that in lieu of there being some relatively big ish releases, we had decided a couple of weeks ago that our shared review would be the weekend's greatest hits so far. Yeah. What's it called?
0: It's called the highlights. Yes. Which um, I don't
1: mind as a as a name for yeah. a greatest hits compilation. It is ballsy,
0: yeah. Like he hasn't really been. It's, it's his second greatest hits.
1: That's I didn't know that. That's <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> How many albums
0: has he released? Uh, um, I would say four, five, or six.
1: The yeah, weekend has released six albums.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll have to double check, but um, let's have a quick, quick squeeze. Wow,
1: the weekend Uh
0: is he there? The weekend 2010 t- to now. Uh, it strikes me as bizarre
1: that he's actually been going that long.
0: No, not even. Four albums.
1: Four. So basically, he's done two greatest hits records from four albums. Yeah. That's, that's brave.
0: But like, he's had number ones on number ones. So therefore, yeah, technically, but, I, mean, I guess they classify as greatest hits. It's maybe. hard
1: though, because you think about it realistically, he's released four albums. So what he's telling the market is, half of every album I make... Is fucking banging. And you're like,
0: eh. Full name, Abel McConan. You're like, I'm not sure if that's... Testify, true. eh?
1: I'm not sure if that's 100% correct, Weekend.
0: Um, yeah, he's... Yeah. He I did was get a little um, bit amazed.
1: He did get uh, a, a little bit of flackery Super Bowl performance, which I actually thought was okay. I liked
0: it. This album was... This greatest hits was released, though, in... Anticipation of his Super Bowl halftime show. It says though.
1: he's got three mixtapes. Yeah. Mm, okay. And and one EP. Right. So he's, so he's been
0: busy, but you can almost put it in. So
1: he's released forty three singles. That seems like quite a lot.
0: I feel like his albums just from previously were fairly big, but with like a lot of like you know they might have like a minute thing mm. in there, chucked in there interludes and whatnot.
1: So, I did, um, the, the weekend's one of those artists who, obviously, I'm, I'm familiar with as such, but I, uh, he, he's got a lot of tracks that when you, not being a huge fan, when you hear them, you go, "Ah, oh, yeah, I know that one.
0: Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, Definitely. Yeah, okay, I know Definitely. That I know that
1: one. He is super, 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 super duper Michael Jackson. Yes. Like, he's, you sit there and, and fab, Ganouche. He that. he is a massive, massive Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. being from that era, absolutely old timer loves him, which is fair enough. And he actually said, he goes, yeah, I guess I don't mind the weekend, but in small doses because it's very Michael Jackson.
0: His current stuff is really nice.
1: And you're like, he's actually got this nice kind of like light dance radio hit.
0: He does now. Mm. So in the Highlights album, you'll get to about track four. Five or six, where Starboy, where you are coming into, where he's done the two collabs with Daft Punk, mm-hmm. um, and the first four songs are his most current kind of songs, biggest songs at the moment. Um, Save your tears, blinding lights in your eyes, can't and can't feel my face. That's a bit of an older one, but um, there is it's got that kind of um, nostalgic synth pop.
1: Yeah, it's very retro sort of vibe. Yeah, and I don't for one second. I always get frustrated when people will decry any band. Yeah, for making like commercial music, uh, and like that's, that's quite, the aim. Yeah, you want to make music, and it's it's hard. Like yeah. don't don't discount how difficult it is. Sometimes you get music by committee, but don't discount how difficult it is to make contemporary sort of popular music, even if it does harken back to a particular era. But how difficult it is to make music that more people like than don't. Yeah, it's difficult. It's it's a mad science to kind like of go with you,
0: without a shadow of a doubt. All those artists that want to get number one Triple J Hottest One Hundred, they may just want to be Triple J artists but, uh, artists. but as soon as they get number one, Fox and Nova will pick them up, and they then, want money exactly. Then they're going to get into their mainstream, and then they turn in, and then it kicks off in Australia anyway. If yeah. they're if they're an Australian band, but
1: you know what J. Jonah Jameson said to Peter Parker. Tell me. When Peter Parker presented him all these crappy photos of like geezers playing chess in the park and yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot, he was giving him well, all. Jay Jonah Jameson wanted was pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, and you know what he said to him? He goes, "I don't pay you to be a sensitive artist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's what, you don't get money. Yeah, making your little niche song exactly. And, and particularly, <clears throat> particularly in this day and age, you need to make music people want to listen to because mm. people aren't really buying records. Exactly. There's streaming and you get yeah. like <laughs> point zero 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 one of a cent if I Spotify stream your song. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I kinda get annoyed when people are like, Oh, he makes commercial music, whatever you going, yes. He sell out. Going, mm, no, he's just successful. Yeah. And that's 100%. great. Yep. That's what he needs to be to make a living. Mm. He's making several livings.
0: Many Many, so he, many lives. As I said, I think well, when we last recorded, I might have told you, he funded $7 million of that halftime show with his own money. It seems
1: extraordinary.
0: Just because obviously he has that much money and the NFL were like, oh, we can only really do this much.
1: We'll give you a three-fitty. <laughs> we'll give you a three-fitty to do your show.
0: Um, but I need 11-fitty. But yeah. 10-fitty. After the kind of songs five or six, for me, the rest were like that shitty R&B weekend that has been around for the last kind of eight to nine years um, of like, you know, oh girl, like, just like, just like, just like a little bit cringe. Um, Whereas his newer stuff. It's a bit poppy. It's pop. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really enjoyable. Um, I, yeah, don't, didn't really ever listen to a lot of Weekend. I knew of his songs like, like anyone. Um, Like he had a bunch of, a bunch of them in movies, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um. Yeah. All of his older stuff is like serious baby making, baby conceiving music.
1: And that's the interesting, the, the kind of progression of the artist. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> to see how he got from A to B, and B is sort of the culmination of a decades worth of, cultivating your image yes. and your sound and your voice, and then you actually end up getting to a point, which is quite a ways removed from where you started. Yeah. But people are like, this is this is pretty good, Yeah, yeah. I like this. Get the keyboards out. Yeah. Get the keyboards
0: out. I remember like I remember chucking the halftime show on when Mum was home and she was going, Oh, who's this guy? I was like, oh, he's kind of like my generation's I did I didn't want to say Michael Jackson, like you kind of made this similarity oh. too, because that's a fucking bit cool. I said a bit more like princey sort of
1: And there's a difference too. There's a difference between saying he's at the level Michael Jackson is oh, yeah. and, and saying he clearly is trying to sound in parts like Uh Michael uh Jackson. You're like, well, yeah, it's obvious. And that's, once again, not necessarily even a criticism. You just go, Mm. that's just how it is. He just sounds a bit like Michael Jackson, and that's you don't necessarily get there by accident. Um, You you get there because of a a somewhat concerted effort. Like, what's a sound that's not going to sell records as such? What's a sound that's going to get played on the radio a lot? Therefore, when you really nut it out, what's a sound that most a lot of people are going to like? Definitely. You know, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing no, wrong nothing with being all. a popular artist. But some people take that really the wrong way. and They're like, what do you mean? They need a reality check. What do you mean more people like this than don't? Mm. That's ridiculous. And you're like, no, yeah. well, it's very hard to get to that level.
0: Exactly. So once people get to that level, accept it and just accept that you aren't there.
1: No, and like even for me not being... A weekend fan at all, having grudgingly listened to this album, mm. um, yeah, you listen through it, and, and I completely agree. I think the first half of it was far more accessible from a complete layman's point of view. Yeah, you could
0: someone play. coming in real cold those first four songs and go, oh, yeah, yeah sick. I get this nice. one. Yeah, I've heard this one before. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then it's you get bad middle to end, and it's like, uh, it's, yeah. like R&B yeah. it's like R and B Fridays. yeah. <laughs> Ugh.
1: You sort of yeah, you're kind of giving it forty seconds and going. What's next? <laughs> oh shit! It's more R and B. Yeah. Um, are you giving it a thumbs up? I suppose. Well,
0: I mean, if our pick was the album that the good songs came from, it would be a definite thumbs up because I have listened to that as well. But in terms of the weekend album, the highlights, mm-hmm. very, very low thumbs up. Okay. Like I'm, slightly.
1: I'm yeah. I'm probably in the similar vein. I'm I'm probably like a bit kind of. Yeah.
0: Forty to sixty percent.
1: I'm like, this isn't like it's fine. Yeah. It's not exactly my type of music or the type of music that I like, but I completely understand and appreciate why it is popular Mm. and there's some nice stuff in it. And you go, Yeah, I get it. I get why people like this.
2: Mm.
1: And it's a I think it's always cool when when artists sort of usually they don't have two greatest hits records (laughs) after four albums. But when they do the greatest hits record and it kind of charts
0: Yeah,
1: you know, here's the artistic journey, if you will to get to that sound. It's quite cool to kind of like hear that yeah. ebb and flow of how we got to this point. Um, yeah, I think I'll give it a thumbs up, but yeah. not not so much individually as it is. I get why this is popular.
0: 100%. Mm. Which is why I think I kind of wanted to show or give you the recommendation of li- of listening to it. Because I'm not I, sure if you'll get another one. But no, fine. but I know your uh, <laughs> sense of – your, your likes and dislikes mm-hmm. of music and i thought the kind of synthy poppy vibe might be able to turn you a stuff, little bit <clears> yeah
1: and that stuff absolutely were were my favorites yeah and, and which i knew win. going into yeah. i just yeah. wanted to get your opinion on most like, of it. standout tracks yeah um i am shocking though like you know when it gets to you're sort of like oh shit which one's which yeah mm. oh, no which one do i want to talk about i can't even remember what it's called yeah but that that front half is definitely for me anyway the better mm. um we sort of inadvertently happened across a couple of more shared picks, if you will. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I did. I finally got through it. You just saw me getting through the end of it. Yeah. No fault of the show itself. I just no. happened to keep on watching it, probably a bit too late, <laughs> and I was, just, I was just exhausted every time I threw it on. Um. Certainly feels a lot closer in tone and a lot closer in execution, which is a good thing to the Winter Soldier. Yeah. The, the movie uh-huh. a little bit more of that that espionagey. Yeah. Sort of tight, little bit more grounded, mm-hmm. um, little less sort of fantastical, which sounds silly because you had that really cool Independence Day inspired canyon chase at the start, uh, which is a shout-out for me. I love Independence Day.
0: Saw so someone on Google uh, kind of reference that scene as mm. pure, unadulterated Marvel. And I thought it's, it's Independence what like – Day. Yeah, but like in terms of just like you know, flight scenes, explosions, bang bang, superhero. Like you're like you're watching it, going, yes. It's a this really is-
1: it's a really good idea to kind of start the, the 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 show off with a bang. Yeah, kind of drop you right into a. Initially, he's just ironing a shirt. Yeah, um, and then to sort of drop you right into an action sequence, um, and particularly one that's kind of you know, we've spoken before about the gap between TV and cinema. Yeah, is shrinking faster than at any time in history. Like,
0: watching that in cinema would have been so good. It's a cinema scene. Yeah. It's
1: sort of like, there is stuff, and we spoke about it with The Mandalorian, whereby I was stunned. Halfway through the series, I thought, as a Star Wars fan, he can really only be, Grogu, Baby Yoda, can really only be communicating with a couple of characters, and it'd really only be a couple of characters who would mean anything to anyone. Yep. Um, They'd already met Ahsoka, and I was like... Ezra Bridger from Rebels will mean a lot to fans and we're going to see him later. I was like, Luke? I was like, but they won't put Luke on TV. They won't put young Luke on television. It's like, oh, no, they did. Laughable, yeah. And then the same thing for this kind of idea where you're like, this action sequence used to be the sort of thing you'd have to pay to go to see at the cinema, and that's yeah. what you got, that scale, that scope, that execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really well done. Really sort of fantastic set piece. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: But... Uh, the Falcon was, like, straight up murdering people in that sequence. He's killing people.
0: Yeah, but I think they can almost get away with that on a series, though. No,
1: but, like, he's murdering them. Like, he's he's responsible for their deaths. They are dead.
0: But they're Hydra.
1: There's no, like, them, oh, aren't they Batrox well, people?
0: Yeah, but if, if you look George at... George St-Pierre. If you look at their suits... Yeah, it's true. they back to they're Hydra. They're bad people. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, like, 80s. usually they, they kind of jettison from the exploding ship and they, like, Harmlessly float to the surface They're just They're up to no good anymore Yeah But no these guys are just dead <laughs> They've expired He blew them up I love
0: them- I, I was watching it I was watching it with Maddie And she was She was She was Combination of sick, and t- she just finished her first full week of full time work, and she was just like dead, dead to the wind, laying on the couch, trying to stay awake. And I'm just there, like,
1: oh. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> he's like thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this scene, looking at her, going, huh,
1: huh. Maddie's, Maddie's like, I don't remember this guy being so bloodthirsty. <laughs> like he's not even, not even pausing to reflect on the dead.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: the one thing I will say, which I, we obviously all know where this series is going. The yeah. idea of. The MCU's in a big state of flux, and it's, it's, a, it's a, at the same time as it being quite exciting, it's also actually interesting to see what they're trying to set up, who they're trying to set up, who comes next, because they're really trying to reset on and off screen after Endgame. Endgame was the most phenomenal full stop to 11 years' worth of mm. storytelling, character building, but now that has to become a comma
0: yep.
1: or maybe a colon... Or a semicolon. Or it can still be a full stop when we've got a new chapter, I suppose, if we're talking grammar. But the point being, that would have almost been and like, they're never gonna do it. That would yeah. have been the perfect way to go. It's over. We've we've closed the book on this and what a ride it was. Yeah. But you kind of go, the beauty of comic books, it's never over. Yeah. They've got a whole bunch of new characters to introduce. Some of them are massive characters, Fantastic Four, we've spoken about. Yeah. What are they gonna do with X-Men? Um, they've got some big wheels to reintroduce to us, which is amazing. But what you then have is Captain America, cornerstone of the MCU, Iron Man, cornerstone of the MCU. How do we go about replacing them? And and what I quite like about what we saw from the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that Sam is clearly grappling with carrying the mantle literally, the shield. The shield is like... Excalibur and yeah. Thor's hammer, the idea yeah. of the shield itself is an inanimate object, but what it represents... Symbol of freedom. And who is who is able to and good enough to and noble enough to carry it is yeah. something else. And for some, it's a burden. The reveal at the end of the episode that there's a new Captain America, which is a bit of fun because it yeah. kind of harkens back to the first Avenger where he started off as a PR exercise. Yeah. Well, clearly this Captain America isn't...
0: Fit. He's, he's in cahoots, <coughs> but clearly, with but clearly, we don't know that yet. But
1: clearly, this guy isn't fit to be Captain America. No. We all know that Sam is, yeah. And the show knows that Sam is the only person that doesn't is him, because we saw in that opening sequence, which was really clever. He can do this, yeah. He is the, all the doubts that he has about replacing Steve Rogers as Captain America. He showed the audience, I got it, in the first scene of the show, yeah. So it's very clever storytelling. He obviously has to come around to the idea. And that's been done in the comics before. There was that you know, Sam Wilson has been Captain America at times um, and picking up the shield. But it's that racial thing too, which is quite cool, quite contemporary. The idea of the comics again tackled this. The idea of can Captain America be black? Yeah. Or is the world ready for a black Captain America? And Marvel and Disney are kind of having fun playing with that on screen. Yeah. They're kind of teasing the idea. They know of, it's
0: coming, but they're not going to be like, "We're doing it." Exactly yeah. right.
1: They know it's coming, and they're they're kind of teasing this idea that they're leaning right into the political discussion. That oh Jesus, you know, is the world is you know, they're ready for a black Captain America? Yeah. And we know what's coming, yeah. but that's kind of the fun of it. So, I, I as a first episode, didn't mind it. I thought, uh, I thought Bucky's. Bucky's half of the episode was probably less compelling than Sam's.
0: Yeah. Um but it also kind of shows that Bucky's also like dealing with a lot of shit as well. Like absolutely. He's a very troubled man. Talking basically talking to a psych half the time, most of the time.
1: He's done um, some weird stuff, man.
0: Like, you know, and camera angles and whatnot, they're all you know, they kind of tell a lot in the in his scenes with the psych, and then when you find out A lot out, of
1: space, a lot of
0: emptiness. Yeah. And then when you find out um that moment when you find out that he killed the old Asian guy's son, you're like, Oh, of course he did. And
1: that's why he's hanging out with him. because He's got a sense. You're like,
0: you're trying to figure out why. And then it clicks and you're like, ah, shit.
1: And that's a nice, you know, that's something the show has to, to, to recognize as well, because you you can't have (laughs) Marvel can sometimes be accused of being a bit frivolous Mm. with these big emotional beats. Yeah. So Thor loses his eye and he just gets given an eye in the next yeah. film. Or he loses his hammer, and he just gets it back. <laughs> and that, that as an example, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can be a bit frivolous in that what they set Bucky up as, and what Bucky went through, and the places that he went to, oh, he's okay now, because he was in Wakanda, and they did some kind of brain therapy, and now he's fine. Mm. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. I know that he has to be fine, because we're over that tension point between him and Steve, yeah. but at the same time, narratively, there's probably a more rewarding conclusion to that which this show will probably bear out
0: i'm looking forward to though when they link up because i feel like there's a very good relationship to be
1: got a lot of chemistry
0: yeah um very good relationship to be kind of elaborated on and explored
1: i think he actually says um when he's donating the shield to the Smithsonian, yeah. you know, that, that was a nice callback when they went back to the Captain yeah, America yeah, yeah. exhibit. exhibit yeah. um, Which had changed as well. They'd been updated it, yeah. with some new stuff, a bit of stuff had happened since they last opened it. Yeah. Um, Sam in his speeches, he's handing it over, you know, forlornly says we need new heroes, and he's sort of going, it's the age-old tale. We're, we're waiting for you to realise that you are worthy. Yeah. Um, and that'll be a nice moment when it does happen and he, he, he realises that I am capable
0: of being Captain America, whatever yeah. that means to me. May not um, be. He may not have serum inside him, but... Well, there was that know. cool...
1: Like, you think about um, The Dark Knight Rises, which was a bit of a messy movie, but at the same time had the same sort of theme where Batman was kind of... Bruce was trying to impress on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character that, well, Batman is a symbol. Mm. And what that means to an individual is sort of up to them. But he's a symbol, he's a theme. Yeah, And Captain America is absolutely that, you know, on screen and off screen. So I think it was a nice start. I think, yeah. it, was a, I think it was a reasonable first episode. It had, had that lovely action beat in it. You had the nice little, uh, as you mentioned, the glimpse at um, what Bucky's been up to and mm-hmm. his dark past, yeah. which he's going to juggle with, I assume, for the rest of the season. But I thought it was a, a good start.
0: Hmm. <laughs> it's actually, as we're talking there, I just re- remembered a moment where we were watching that action scene and um, <laughs> Maddie goes, Is it meant to look real? I was like, it's kind of hard for it. To, like, it's pretty hard to film. <laughs> like, obviously, there's, you know, when they've got, like, close-up POV of someone hanging onto the back. Yes, someone's skydiving and they've recorded that. But, like, flying through exploding rocks and shit, it's not going to be real.
1: Was she criticising the Oh No, no the I don't think so. Effects. I think
0: she was like, is it meant to, you know, look fake and real? I was like, just
1: accept it. You know what it is? We've, there's that line of suspension of disbelief. Yep. You've spoken about it. You go see a stage play, you suspend your disbelief, you got, you got know, two guys sitting in a cab, yeah, and the, the very skeletal nature of the set. You sit there and go, yeah, I get it. they are in a cab, they're driving downtown, Times Square. You go, I get it, I understand where we're meant to be, where they're meant to be, etc. And this is the same sort of thing where you're like, well, they clearly aren't just going to go out to Utah and blow
0: up a canyon. Exactly.
1: I get it. So, you know, Matty, come on.
0: Film things with drones and then add it all in.
1: Not even that. They just get in the get in the green screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, my first sort of unofficial ish solo pick of the week is something that I'd seen a little bit of. Uh, advertised, Young Rock, sitcom, Young Rock, starring your man Jimmy Woo, E from um, that's not his. What's his real name? Randall Park from uh, the MCU. So the Rock, basically, uh, it's a little, a little bit. Everybody hates Chris. A little bit the Goldbergs. Sort of look back at um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's life at varying stages, when he's a young kid and when he's a teenager. And
0: where can we find this? Uh,
1: I found it legally, of course. Um, everyone else could probably find it semi-legally
0: through what? Who's it? What's it being like? Uh, NBC. It,
1: NBC is its broadcaster, right? Um, so I'm not sure if I don't know if anyone here has picked it up officially. But I think there's four episodes have been out, maybe five, certainly okay. certainly four. And um, it's a bit of fun. Very lighthearted silliness. The Rock is, I think the, the setup is he's, he's run for president from, from memory. I've just drawn a blank. He's
0: Which he said he wants to do previously.
1: So he's running for president and Randall Park, is his character is interviewing him. I think he's playing Randall Park. But he's right. interviewing him as he runs for president, recounting his life. Okay. And look, The Rock has The Rock has done a lot of work in recent years to kind of curate this image of himself. He's from humble stocks, he's rags to riches, he works hard, he's deserved everything because he's he's the hardest worker in the room, all that kind of stuff. You know, he gets up at 3 AM and just lifts yeah. iron. You don't do that. That's why you're not successful. No. That's why he can't get a job.
0: He eats chickens and eggs. Eats fourteen pizzas. Nice. Yeah.
1: You know. So from that point of view, it is a bit saccharine, and you kind of find yourself sitting there from time to time, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it, mate. Yeah. You know, you're maturing, and you've come from this unassuming stock and whatnot, and then now you are where you are because you're just so damn hardworking. But single camera, little bit Wonder Yearsy as well. That was one I forgot to mention. Little bit tiny bit Wonder Yearsy. Mm. Has some nice stuff with his with his dad and um, his dad who was. Uh, um, A wrestler himself, um, and sort of you know, behind the scenes in the industry, and some cool stuff where he used to go to like you know, dinner, and Andre the Giant was there, and like this is all stuff that happened. It seems remarkable. You kind of like you look at The Rock now, and you think you did have an enormous wrestling career, but you were kind of like predestined for this, given how you grew up in the industry and your father and the like. Um, I think, I think it is. Very watchable, very light-hearted. Um, you throw it on, classic American sitcom in that regard. A little bit out of time, like a little bit you know, more like the real classic 90s, 80s American sitcom. Right. Very accessible, not a lot of – I don't think there's really anything oh, – I'd say it's pretty family-friendly, like bulletproof. Okay. I'd, I'd say it's pretty safe yeah. for a family audience. There's nothing really – there's nothing in it that sort of skews – you know, worse than a PG. Mm. Um, but it is pretty watchable. Like I said, there's at least four episodes out. There might've been a fifth more recently fifth tonight. I think, but, I um, look, we, we've all obviously had exposure to the rock over the last sort of 25 years now, Yeah. Uh, particularly the really mainstream audience in the last kind of like 10 years. Yeah. Um, as a fan of the wrestling industry and particularly his time in the WWF years and years and years ago, it's quite fun to kind of have him talk about that and how he got into it and, how he's loved for the industry and where it came from. Um, and he's just a pretty likeable guy. Mm. He always presents really well, yep. charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a really watchable show. I would recommend it for anyone who just wants, you know, half an hour to kill or 22 minutes to kill if you're watching it legally. <laughs> um, go find it. Track it down.
0: Nice. Young Rock. Young Rock. Hopefully... NBC, I don't know, maybe you get, might get picked up by Binge or something over here. Someone will pick it up,
1: yeah, someone will pick it up eventually. Nice. Very busy man though, like I always find oh. myself going, where are you finding the time to like make this stuff? Just
0: making his own time.
1: In fairness, this, he would do all of his scenes for Young Rock in like two days. Yeah. Because he's literally sitting in a chair doing like a fake interview.
0: 100%. Um, Alright, so my next pick is something I watched whilst camping actually. Um, the big setup, someone actually had a projector and like four DVDs that they always take. Uh, one of which was Love Actually. Another one was... Beginning like, Sarah Marshall? Nah, something else. There's two other like classics and then this other one got recommended. Mm. And I was like, I've, I have have not seen it in years, chuck it on and people were recommending the other things and I was just continuously... Like, obno- no, we're watching this, shut up. Obnoxiously yelling, "Crackerjack, Jack, Cracker Jack... Oh. <laughs> Pure, I only because I enjoy Mick Malloy. <laughs> so I in uh where was I? Uh Point Leo. Uh barely being able to hear we our speakers weren't working, so it was just kind of like trying to hear what they were saying. Um watched Cracker Jack on a projector and it was you know, classic Aussie comedy. You've got um some icons of Australian cinema in there.
1: I hate Australian movies. Why? I just hate them.
0: You've got John Clark, Bill Hunter. They've, you know, they've been in a lot. We just don't make
1: My problem with the Australian film industry is we very rarely make a movie that's just a movie that that isn't does
0: Elaborate, please.
1: We very rarely make a film without this overly or overtly Australian bent.
0: Yeah, but I so if you think feel about, like, like Australia, if it's an Australian... If you think
1: about Australian movies, they're, like, discernibly Australian. How they're set up, cultural sort of landmarks, yeah. cultural hallmarks, and you're that's just like, selling, uh, like...
0: That's a selling point, is it though, though, to, I would think, to other audiences than uh, I don't
1: think it is. Because none of these movies make ten cents overseas. Red Dog? Ugh red dog like red dog's a good one uh in the sense that I think there's a it's a bit like babe brand new day I think red dog's a bit like babe in the sense that yeah. there's enough of like a family film bent to it okay which is, is kind of like that kind of transcends a lot of things yeah. family movies um and particularly like animals mm. how you make the money <laughs> get a get a charismatic charismatic pup <laughs> a charismatic pig, pig. or a charismatic bird <laughs> get that get that. Maybe in front of the cameras and just watch the money roll in
0: <laughs> like bluey bluey man oh, bluey. imagine imagine like just you know having an idea and then all of a sudden you're a fucking millionaire
1: i think what helps bluey bluey's got a really nice really distinct art design as well
0: simple yeah we'll um,
1: continue with your review of Crackerjack.
0: <laughs> yeah so for those that don't know Cra- cracker jack uh the bio is essentially when, when dwindling membership and increasing overheads makes a local bowling club and prime candidate for a takeover. It's all hands on deck to save the club in what turns into an epic battle. Um, so I believe it was yeah, filmed. Epic
1: battles. I mean, it's a bit of a, yeah. yeah, I
0: believe it was filmed um, in, at the Paran Bowls Club. So nice Victorian film. Um, you've got, yeah, as I said, Bill Hunter, John Clark, Mick Malloy stars as Jack Simpson, who's the main character. Um a baby, baby Sam Johnson.
1: It's not a traditional car like um not a traditional sort of leading man, is no, he, a Mick?
0: No. Um, yeah, baby Sam Johnson, who of course has been in a lot in the last kind of You would 10 know him from the Pedder's ads. Yeah. Able. Um I t- did not know he was in this movie. I probably saw him last time I watched it, but he came up, I was like, Oh, Sam Johnson, there you go. Um, you've got Judith Lucy, of course, who I don't ever really find funny, ever, but she wasn't too bad in this.
1: I wonder how much of her thing is an act. Like, you know, comedians have a character, like great comedians have a, it's a character. Yeah. If you actually met Judith Lucy, it'd be like, how much of it is real?
0: Yeah, very true. Comedians
1: are a lot of their personality dialed right up, a particular aspect of it. Yeah. Because she'd be fucking hard graft.
0: You've also got the, there's the, um... Oh, what's his name? I'm just looking through the cast right now. Uh, Tony Martin. Tony Martin, of course. He's, Martin and Malloy. He, yeah. He they used to have a radio is, show. I love anything Tony Martin does and just his his commentary throughout Guido the, Guido Hatzis. His, his commentary throughout the film or like throughout the competition um, is just very, very funny. Uh, it's, a, it's a very easy to watch funny movie for a mature crowd, I would think. Um, people that don't understand some of the, com- the comedy of um, Tony Martin, Mick Malloy, um, and that kind of generation aren't going to f- enjoy it, I wouldn't think. Um, but, you know, something you can chuck on, uh, multi-generational, I would think, unless you've got super young kids. Yeah. It's not That's on at four, in, it's not on at
1: four in the
0: afternoon. 2002? 2002, 19 years old. Um, God, 2002 is 19 years old. <laughs> shit.
1: Yeah, man. I spoke about Fellowship of the Ring the other week. It was like yeah. 20 years old. <laughs> Jesus. remember going to see it at the Rivoli and being like, wow, this is pretty good. Um, So you, I, from that, I imagine you're giving Cracker Jack a thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. Thumbs up. You know the thing we haven't spoken about, which is the most obvious thing here for us to speak about, Yeah, I just made a note of here, making their mark. Yeah. Have you watched any of that?
0: I watched the, the a-, a AFL on YouTube did like a live broadcasting I think of like the first 25 minutes maybe. I've watched that. I haven't watched I need to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah,
1: I didn't realise I had Amazon Prime until How do you not what? I didn't realise I had it. Because I bought something off Amazon. Yeah. And I didn't realise that they just give you Amazon Prime. It's not something you have to opt into.
0: That is, give it so to me. you being, being charged for Amazon? No, no, no. I,
1: I hadn't been charged. I think I got it as a, like a free trial. Okay. Because I hadn't been deducted like the six month, $6 a month. Right. So, so I obviously qualified for Prime. Yeah. Because I, I hadn't bought anything off Amazon for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, that, that show's coming out. I wonder how long I've got it for. And then I thought I needed to buy something else off Amazon. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just get it. It's part of it for a month and yeah. i just cancel it. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon Prime's like really good, yeah. by the way. Like got their their streaming service is
0: it's up there. It's fantastic. One of the better ones, I'd say top three.
1: I think Disney Plus is, now that they've got Star, which is like all the Fox yeah. stuff, is ridiculous. Season
0: 17, Grey's Anatomy, yeah, dealing which, with COVID. Oh, no. Get on it. Oh, don't talk about that.
1: <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, Disney Plus is pretty good. Amazon's really good. Yes, like really good. Yes, yes, anyway, yes. making their mark. We won't sort of go into too much detail if you haven't watched the whole show. No, that, that, I watched
0: that, up until the first episode where Nick and know he was sitting in in the center circle.
1: That might be worth um, revisiting
0: when you do watch it. Yes,
1: I, I, I went. I watched it over the course of you know four or five days. Yeah, and it was look, it was well done. Yeah, yeah. you know, want You've to go. The AFL's
0: to favorite little sons, though. You, know, you need. I don't know. I think they do it again. They need to go, do players that like aren't a f l. house's favorite little boys, yeah, maybe like, like my th-
1: biggest takeaways were I think Rory Sloan came out of it quite well yeah from from an outsider's perspective. I think Leon Cameron probably came out quite well,
0: um I've seen heaps of clips though, so I basically know
1: Stephen Canelio probably didn't come out of it, not how do I say just as a captain, mm-hmm. like you watch the show and you're sitting there going. You're just not a leader, man. You're not a captain. No. You're just not, I just don't think you're cut out to be the captain of a football club as such. Mm. And they made you captain so you'd stay. Yeah. That's just the wrong motivation. And you sort of watch it and you're just like, and given the way 2020 panned out, yeah. Yeah. Like you sit there going, oh, man, you're just, you're trying it. But you're, from a leadership perspective, it just Mm -hmm. felt a bit like you're out of your depth. Yeah. And once it's very hard, the documentary, we see what they show us. We don't see everything. You can manipulate the narrative to make it look a certain way or worse than it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that notwithstanding. Um, Something I did watch on Amazon Prime, this is more an official pick of mine, coming to America. I'm going to go off the top, thumbs down. Enormous thumbs down. Terrible.
0: (laughs) I saw your – I think I saw your review on Twitter. Just – and I immediately canned it. I said, I'm not even going to bother.
1: You will not find bigger fans of the first one. The first one's universe loved. It's a yeah. classic. Yeah. Almost one of those flawless, like perfect movies. The yeah. first one. It's it's a brilliant film. Characterization is fantastic. Performances are great. The comedy's great. The comedy holds up. Um, the chemistry between particularly Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy's outstanding. The supporting actors are great.
0: Have they just millennialed the shit out they of just, this movie? they just
1: like, you watch it and you're just going, this is the same movie, the same jokes, you're doing all the same jokes again. Right. I was worried when after about 15 minutes, I, was, I thought to myself, what hope did this movie have realistically when they didn't even title it the right thing? The film should be called Coming to Zamunda. Right. You're like, you, you actually didn't even know what to name your movie. You stuffed that up. So what hope did you have making the movie itself? The basic premise is when they came to America the first time, Eddie Murphy was like drunk or drugged and he was sort of like, he wasn't raped, but he had sex with Leslie Jones' character, has a son, illegitimate son. And you're sort of like, I don't know if Eddie would do that. I don't know if that's a keem. I'm not sure if that is a keem. You're like, I don't. I was expecting the, the, the joke to be, it was actually Arsenio Hall's character's son that they right. set up that they, they had sex and oh, you impregnated me, but the joke later on was they had sex, uh, uh, Semi, and who had sex later on, and it's actually Semi's son. Right. That would have made more sense because I just don't think that's in Akeem's sort of makeup and like mm-hmm. why he was there. And I get that they were trying to think that he was drugged and he was unconscious and whatever. The one cool thing was they did a bit of a flashback. And the digital de aging technology, like deep faking, was quite good. You're like, oh, it's actually probably as good as I've seen it. That was really nice. That was the way they executed it. But like how do I say this without being controversial?
0: Say it. Don't even forget about being the film, be controversial. The film is, and I don't
1: I don't mean it in a, like a racist way. The film is really black.
0: Okay. The, The
1: first film, the first first one, like I said, the race was incidental. Yeah, yeah. He was Eddie Murphy, he was a prince of Zamunda, and he was coming to America to find a bride because of Zamunda's outdated societal expectations, etc. It was incidental. The race stuff was incidental. It didn't matter. It didn't drive the comedy, it didn't inform the comedy as such. And the film, like I said, it is perfect. It is a brilliant, brilliant movie. Yeah. In this movie, it felt at times like a, like a music video and it was really black.
0: Yeah. And I sort of... I remember like We si- need a character, first of all, need to be black.
1: And I, was, I was sitting there at times and I was thinking to myself, a lot of people will watch this movie. Yeah. The first film was made for everyone. Yeah. Whereas this film feel, feels made for a segmented market yeah. and you're like, it's, you're just selling yourself short because the first one didn't need that to be successful no. or loved or funny. Whereas now you're leaning really into a like a race. Which
0: I think they'll also do for Black Panther 2 if it ever happens. Maybe. Because I feel like it was so iconic in some circles that it's like you're losing what it's about.
1: And then you had, like, one of my... It was a real women's lib bent, so Akeem had daughters. Uh, yeah. and And you're sitting there going... Everyone could see the telegraph notion of them challenging the patriarchy and the whole idea was that Akeem sees that he's got a son, so he has an heir, but he doesn't need an heir because he's daughter. And you're like, everyone can see that coming.
2: Yeah.
1: But they just didn't execute it well. Like, right. it was just really bad. And yeah. you're sitting there going... If you're going to make a, a sequel to a film that's three decades old... I think it was released in 1988. Yeah. Um got to come up with a better story than this. Like, you've got to come up with something better than what you've given us. Um, yeah. You know, Fabian was really funny. He was, um, he's, as I said, massive, massive fan. And yeah. even he was like, this is terrible, because is- I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. for Eddie. I think nothing to me sums it up better. Like, there's a few things just in closing. So, in the first Coming to America, one of the really key beats, character beats, is Akeem gives Lisa... Like a really nice set of earrings. Right. Because he's trying to impress her. Because he's sort of thinking, what, what impresses this woman? You know, Daryl, the boyfriend, geez, he's got a lot of money and he, he, can, he can buy her affections. So Akeem wrongly thinks, I can buy her affections. And he tries to, and she's wearing these earrings. When she eventually realizes that, you know, they're from Akeem, they have this exchange later in the film where she feels a bit betrayed because she, he hasn't been totally upfront with her as to who he is. Mm-hmm. And she gives the earrings back. Yeah. And they're these extremely expensive, you know, probably tens of thousands of dollars. And she gives him the earrings back with you know, I can't be bored. And it's this really nice moment where he realises that he really loves her. I can't just buy her, et cetera. Beautiful. Really good. Really, really well done storytelling. In this film, Lisa, who's woefully underused, maybe because, I don't know, she didn't want to be in it very much or, I don't know, she gives Leslie Jones' character like a gaudy, vulgari necklace. And as this like, oh you know, ostentatious show of wealth and gaudy extravagance and expense. And you're sort of like, that's not the character. Yeah. That's not Lisa the character. That's not the first movie's message. You've completely, but be- it's such a small moment, but you're like, you've completely betrayed the perspective and point of view of the first film of who these characters were. Um, and it just, it just didn't work. Oh, you, know, you don't want to put too much stock in a Coming to America sequel, but it is what it is. It just didn't work. And then, as if to further illustrate how bad a decision it was, not even the outtakes were funny at the end of the movie. Once again, we've, I think we've spoken about the rule when you put outtakes at the end of a movie. Be it means that you have no confidence that your movie was funny. So you put the outtakes at the end to try to leave people with a funny impression. Yeah. The outtakes were dreadful. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh no. So I can only imagine when Amazon came and offered them $120 million allegedly, I reckon they would have cut the movie together yeah. and somebody would have gone, take it, fucking take it. Take yeah. it before they changed their mind because we ain't making $120 bucks nah. at the box office. Nah. This is terrible. Um, So disappointing, really disappointing.
0: That's it's a shame. Cause I feel like before, even before the second one was coming out, you would you referenced it a lot, just in life.
1: Brilliant. Mate, it's a brilliant movie.
0: Um, My, we going with last? Yep. Yeah, Yeah. My last one, uh, Sean, have you heard of NPR music on YouTube? No. Do NPR I look M-
1: like I've heard of NPR music? Maybe, maybe.
0: Um, basically, their whole thing is something called Tiny Desk Concerts. Have you heard of them?
1: Sounds like the, exactly the sort of shit you'd like. In what way? This sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. They're, basically their gist is getting the biggest artists they can in to do a little acoustic set.
1: Hold on. Is NPR? Is that like the? Is that the American radio station? I don't know. Is it a radio station or a TV station? Not sure. It's like not like Poland. Continue. It's not like PBS, but I think it's a similar thing.
0: Um. So they basically get the biggest artists they can in um, and do little acoustic sets that run for about 12 to 20 minutes. Um,
1: yeah, National Public Radio. Okay, there you go. It's like, uh, kind of like sort of ABC-ish.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Their most notables, Mac Miller, BTS, Sting, Adele. Sting. T-Pain. Um, we've got Tash Sultana. There you go little Australian vibe. Um, the Roots, Alicia Keys, Erykah Badu, Harry Styles. Like literally any anyone that's been big over the last kind of 10 years, they would have got in to do a little set. Um, and as we all know on this show, someone who I have always stood by and enjoyed their music, JB. Uh, he did a little set coinciding with his new album called Justice, which is a bit of a wank title to me, to be honest. It is. Um, and he's got like a little Martin Luther King dialogue in there. Of course. Not needed. I mean, you know.
1: You're not black, Justin.
0: Yeah. Um, but he has done one that's got uh, premiered four, six days ago, um, three and a half million views. That's um, good numbers. So it's on the way to climb. Uh, his I was, I'm going to admit,
1: please. I was a little bit worried when you started explaining this concept. I thought it was like YouTube pranksters no, no. or something. But like I said, NPR rang a bell. Yeah. And uh, this does sound like a legitimate sort of thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah. um like their their most views are getting sixty five, fifty six million, thirty three million, twenty five. Like they're not, they don't fuck around. Like they're serious about it. They ain't here to play. When they were doing their proper tiny desk concerts, it's literally artist, maybe guitarist, and maybe a piano, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, they've moved in since America went in. You know, have been stupid. Um, they've moved to tiny desk in brackets, home concert. Okay. So basically the richer you are, the more production value you have, the less of a home concert it, it becomes.
1: Yeah, if you've got, got a sense? proper studio, you... Yeah.
0: So the most recent ones you've got, um, you have got Stand By, Justin Bieber obviously, and he's got like Lights, a big band behind him in some sort of room. Uh, you've got Sting, which is relatively Sting's, Mega rich. He's by himself just with a mic and a guitar, which is good. Very acoustic. Um, Jack Harlow, a rapper you've got. Um, him with basically a choir behind him, which is really cool. But yeah, Justin Bieber did one. Four songs. I personally think this current album, again, like The Weekend, it's something that he's kind of worked up to. Mm-hmm. He's not as poppy now. His last is it an artistic al- awakening? Maybe. Um, his last couple albums are moving more and more away from what he blew up on, mm-hmm. um, and he had a big thing last Grammys. He wrote this massive thing on Instagram about how the Grammys is basically a crock of shit and he should have been um, nominated in a, in a certain genre and didn't even get looked at. no um, Justin, don't worry about it. Yeah, so he's kind of finding himself and this is one song called Peaches that um, is very catchy and it wasn't meant to be his, like... Main song on the album But it's slowly turning into that um,
1: Sometimes I wonder why these
0: These artists
1: You know yeah. we mentioned Who are legitimately selling records And making yeah, yeah, yeah. Making an extraordinary living Awards are Don't worry about them No Like they're are rubbish Yeah Like There's that nonsense At the Grammys recently Where Beyonce's daughter Is now a Grammy winner mm-hmm. And you're like well, That's just a joke Like it's legitimately a joke Yeah if I was the Grammys, I would, I'd just sit there and go, you're not fucking winning that. You, you're legitimately telling me your daughter wrote this song with you. Go, Please,
0: come on. But then, like, the last Grammy he won was for a country song he featured on. Poindous. So
1: it's like... It's rubbish. Yeah. Absolute garbage.
0: Um, So he did four songs, Holy Peaches, Hold On, Anyone. He literally just shows you... Again, I bang on about it all the time. He shows you how talented he is. He's such You've been a talented a big fan. guy.
1: You and Usher Raymond, probably equal, like, day one. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I would have signed into my yeah. to my label, You're 100%. Um, but, yeah, you know, guitar, piano, drums, ridiculous voice. Like, if anyone could sing like that, it's you've, – you've won. Mm-hmm. You've won life. Um, so, Justin Bieber, Tiny Desk, home concert. Uh, if you haven't watched the channel, get on it. Sounds uh, like
1: there be something for everyone.
0: Yeah, they've literally got – you know, bit of R and B, bit of rap, bit of soul, classic stuff with Sting. They've got Adele on there. They've got Jewel for all those little fourteen year old girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Literally they've got anything on there that you want. I'm pretty sure Bruno Mars has done one that's really good. Um Khalid. Uh her? H E R? Yep. Yeah. Um I never know how to whether to say her or Yeah,
1: I'm not really sure. Don't don't ever name your brand or No no one knows how to say that. Exactly, it's dumb.
0: Make it something pronounceable. Um, I don't know what my artist name would be if I was to be an artist. What would
1: Willie P? Two L's, two Y's, two
0: P's, (laughs) (laughs) two E's. Too long. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so tiny desk home concert. I watched a Justin Bieber one. There's literally anything and everything for Mm. someone. Interesting. Um, If only Blink One Eight Two did one for Sean.
1: That'd be good. The Killers.
0: Yeah. Killers as well. The killers do a couple of killers bits and Killers are probably more likely to do it than they,
1: they do day. a couple of little bits and pieces here and there, yeah. the killers.
0: Um it's, I I love a bit of acoustic music every so often.
1: Yeah, they do some really good versions of bits and pieces. Yeah. Um when they were promoting their album, they did a really good version of the single, Caution, on on a couple of the talk shows. And it was like just a really nice piano yeah. version and um, guitar. Um I got two real quick ones to close on, one quicker than the other. The South Park vaccination special. So they did a pandemic special, uh-huh. and they recently last week did a vaccination special. Um, the pan- look very similar to pandemic special. I've been I've been a big South Park fan for a little while now. It's probably never been able to get into it like you have. Look when it's when it's good when they're when they're switched on it is amazing. Yeah, I've, yeah, it's amazing. Like when they tackle, I can
0: appreciate when they're really good. Yeah, because when, I have seen the really good episodes. When
1: they tackle big issues and they tackle political stuff and and they just nail it.
0: Not even political stuff, just like trending stuff. Yeah, they just nail it. They yeah. nail it from like both sides. Yep. They're,
1: they're very capable of making fun of themselves if they like something. Yeah. Whilst remaining relatively apolitical in a discussion,
0: do we know how they stand? Do we know whether they're?
1: I think they're probably closer to Democrats. Okay. But at the same time, they'll they'll go after anyone. Yeah. Um, which is always good. Um, yeah, look, it's fine. Like, if you like South Park, you'll like it. I think they're probably running out of steam a little bit. You know, they've done 23, 24 seasons, and you're sort of starting to see that Are grind. Mid 40s? Almost
0: probably mid-40s? Probably older,
1: yeah. I reckon. They'd probably be mid-50s mm-hmm. or early 50s um it's still sharp like there's moments in it that are really funny so like everyone's lining up to get a vaccine at the local like pharmacy yeah but the pharmacy's being guarded by a security guard and it's set up like a nightclub (laughs) so like whenever they go to an establishing shot like an exterior of the pharmacy there's just a line with a security guard and (laughs) and it's like the most exclusive club in town no one can get into the pharmacy to get a shot and all the old people are like getting their vaccinations, and they're roaming around town like causing havoc. <laughs> um, so there's some funny, there's some funny stuff in there. Like yeah. there is very, very typical South Park. Um, it, it's probably I probably like it a little bit better than the pandemic special, right. which just for whatever reason was just a bit flat. Okay. Maybe there was some really funny stuff in the pandemic special where it was revealed that Randy had caused the pandemic because he he and. Mickey Mouse, I think it was, had raped, like, this rare animal. <laughs> like, it was just classic ridiculous nonsense, yeah. um, which was very funny. But then, like, occasionally, like, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So, like, maybe some topics are just too big to tackle. Like, yeah. and people are just too serious to tackle. Yeah. But it's okay. And then lastly, closing on, we had to do this one. We had to speak about the Snyder Cut. Jack, is it Jack Snyder? <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League... Um, which obviously uh, launched last Thursday. Yeah. On HBO, HBO Max, we had it here on Binge and Foxtel, and um, that's, to be honest, it's a hard one to tackle. It's a hard one to talk about and decompress
0: relatively quickly. Did he quickly Look. mention it on um, Printercast?
1: I did mention it on yeah, yeah. It Came up organically. Someone asked us a question about it.
0: I was, I was waiting for a shout out on the this podcast to be honest, but you um.
1: Were. No, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about Bigger it. Bigger Platform? No, I wasn't you know. sure if I was going to talk about it. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to promise and then not do it. Um, look, it's hard to de- pack or decompress or, or unpack how we got to where we did with the Snyder Cut, how the Snyder Cut came to be. There's mm-hmm. a lot of story behind it. Yep. It is well documented. Basically, he made Man of Steel, which was sort of warmly-ish received. Yeah. Not not a home run, but didn't probably more people liked it than not. Yep. Then they did Batman v Superman, which just people didn't really like. That yep. was really poorly received. Yep. And then by that time, the wheels were in motion for Justice League. They were going to do two movies, um, which is why this is like a four-hour film. You can sort of see from the looks of it, they might have envisaged it being a five-hour film that will cut in half. Yeah. Um... So they get you know part of the way through making this Justice League. There's whispers of Warner Brothers execs are not happy. They're worried. Snyder has a personal tragedy. His stepdaughter unfortunately takes her own life, um, which took an enormous toll on him, un- understandably. Mm-hmm. And without being tactless, it did feel like the perfect opportunity for Warner Brothers to kind of usher him out stage left. Yeah. Go deal with your personal problem. It's yeah, yeah, understandable. Yeah. And then they sit there going, fuck, we can recut this. We can try to salvage this movie, which is this unwieldy, nonsensical mess. They bring in Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon recuts it. He reshoots a bunch of stuff. They release a two-hour movie, which is satisfying to no one. It's terrible. It's unwatchable. It's very, very, very poor. Very, very ordinary movie. Um, What Snyder does, and what Snyder does really, really well, he's such a visual director. If you think about the films he's made, 300, 300 is – fantastic looking film looks like the pages of the comic book it was based on it's brilliant i love Watchmen. yeah i love Watchmen to death i love the extended version of Watchmen. it's such a rich film and tackles such a, a rich uh source material and does it brilliantly i love it to, to bits it looks amazing all of his films look amazing yeah what the snyder cut is if nothing else is one cohesive vision and that's always going to be better than the Frankenstein's monster they released, which was part of his vision, part studio interference, part Joss Whedon's vision, and they just didn't, they just didn't mesh. No. So whatever your thoughts are on Zack Snyder, a finished cut four hours, it is a bit bloated. If it was going to be released, they would trim at least probably 80 minutes off it, minimum. Yeah. There are some weird shots that are like...
0: Um, they just go too long.
1: Well, Wonder Woman's mother fires an arrow. And you get like, it's like 30 seconds of it in flight. And you're like, yeah. we only need 10 seconds Come of that. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot of real extended takes yeah. that are just unnecessary. There's a lot of um, tops so, and tails.
0: In the first, somewhere in the first three parts is someone singing? Yeah, Aquaman. And
1: it's, like, and it's just unnecessary. It's like, what is just happening? cut it out. Get rid of it. Yeah. There's a scene with um, Alfred and Wonder Woman where they're talking about tea I, to
0: be honest, I only got to the start of part four. Yeah, and you're like, tops so and, and tails. I've seen this. There's
1: tops and tails of scenes that you yeah. just cut, trim, yeah. see you later, which is a good example. And, and that, to be, to be honest, one of the notes I made was editing is such an important part of any storytelling process. Yeah. And what this film needed, if it was to be theatrically released, it would have a pretty savage edit, which would trim it down, tighten it up, you know, really tighten it up.
0: I don't think it should ever be released in cinemas.
1: Uh, no, it won't be. just being like, streamed.
0: I don't feel like it will ever need to be shortened. It's, it's what Schneider wanted.
1: Look, I, I can – and this is the thing. This, the point I want to make here is I, I can totally understand why people at Warner Brothers, having seen the reaction to um, Batman versus, Superman, versus yeah. Superman, I can totally understand why they would have seen the way this was coming together and being like – one of the reports that came out back in 2016-17 was that Warner Brothers executives were like, what the hell is this? They were watching just Justice League film, being like, "What is this?" Yeah, they were going, oh "My God, God, this is what one one of the reports." They wanted Avengers. Was it a super high up just said, "We can't release this." Yeah, it was just like, "This is terrible." Yeah, and basically the wheels are in motion. How can we salvage it? They probably shouldn't have bothered because what they ended up releasing was worse. Um, caused more friction, caused more issues. It was a substandard film. It cut at the core of the film. What this film does, if nothing else, tells uh, tells just a full vision, a complete vision. Whatever you think of that vision, yeah. you can't deny that at least it makes a bit more sense. It is longer. It therefore just has the same problems the original cut had. They're just yeah. a bit longer. Yeah. But it does make a bit more sense. Um, Steppenwolf's motivations as a villain are far clearer. He's serving Dark Side. Uh, all that stuff just makes more sense, yeah. which helps the movie. Um I think – like, it was funny, though, watching it. I was sort of a bit like – the frame The frame aspect was still funny. I was just laughing about that. Every so often I'd see the aspect of 4-3, and I was like, oh, you mad dog. Oh, what yeah. have you done, Snyder? <laughs> it's just like, there would be people watching it being like, why the – what's wrong with my TV?
0: Um, Especially watching it on, I was watching it on a smaller TV that I have up in the corner of my room. Sometimes I was just like (laughs) squinting going, what's happening? But there there was a lot of examples
1: where because it was shot on a more square aspect, generally speaking, they obviously crop right in. Of course. So you would notice if you go back and watch it, Red Letter Media did a really good comparison there's a lot of headroom yeah. deliberately because when you shoot, yeah. you shoot with a view that I'm going to crop in. Yeah. So we'll shoot with the headroom and crop in. Yeah. Whereas with this, they, they weren't cropping in. So there's a lot of negative space at the top yeah. of shots, which yeah. is a bit weird. Um, but look, visually really good, really striking at times. You know, The one thing I will say for Snyder is his films are always like that. You know, You think about the MCU and you think about a comic book look and like off the top of my head – Thor Ragnarok had a couple of they had the Valkyrie scene, which was really yeah awesome comic booky. They had the scene at the start where he was fighting the the big fire monster, yeah, whatever yeah, the hell yeah, that yeah. was called, um, the big sort of dragon thing. Um, that was cool. That was really comic booky. Spider Man Far From Home had that brilliant dream sequence, the Mysterio augmented reality mm. sequence, which was really comic booky. And he went, that's really playing with um, the genre, which was cool. Snyder does that sort of on the bit. He frames his heroes really well. He he gives them the fucking, the big hero shots, Mm. puts them big in the frame, you know, looking up, lights them dramatically. He sort of gives them the right amount of drama, you know, for a comic book hero. Um, Look, in closing, really interesting study, a really interesting study in filmmaking, a really interesting study in, in where the industry is contemporarily, that something like this would be released. Yeah like it has been on streaming. You dream um, for school media
0: classes.
1: No, it is. It's a really interesting study in how did we get to this point where this is a completely different movie to the one yeah. that they released. Oh, This is a genuine A1, A2 version of the film.
0: I told my dad to watch it. He's gone in cold not knowing anything before Justice League, not knowing Batman v Superman, blah, blah, He's gone, what's what's happening yeah what's going on and that's and he goes why is it so long And this
1: is the thing we're we're, once again there there are a lot of scenes that would otherwise just be deleted scenes on a dvd yep so it's cool to kind of have them integrate into the film and you get the holistic vision which again is so rare you very rarely get that whole vision because edits are made cuts are made etc so really interesting study and something that will be spoken about for years and years and years what fans can accomplish Studio interference, yep. authorship, so many topics to talk about with it. It's a really interesting study. And at the end of the day, somewhat satisfying because it's not a terrible movie. You know, the first one was pretty bad. Mm. And this one you're like, yeah, okay, this is interesting. It's it's better. Yeah. Makes more sense. It is unnecessarily long. Yeah. But that's, again, part of the, the story yeah. is that this is everything. This is everything we shot in the movie. This is the whole vision, unfiltered, uncut. So um, not a bad watch. A thumbs up for a few different reasons yeah. while still recognising...
0: But not like a wow, this was... Spot on. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: While still recognising the shortcomings of yep. the whole exercise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, what was your pick of the week, Will?
0: Um, I am going to pick... I'll go with Falcon okay. just because I'm super excited to get back... What we didn't get with WandaVision, we got at the end of WandaVision. But like, I know, superhero scenes, like action, bang, crash, explosion.
1: Do you want me to be controversial about WandaVision? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to be controversial? Please. Pete it out.
0: Yeah, but I don't... Sorry, I've just realised that cobweb hanging from your roof has got lower and lower. It's now down near pitches. Freaking me out. Anyway. Um, I don't
1: think. It, I I think. I think it started really, really well. Yeah, set up the mystery brilliantly. Was humming along, and then just ran out of steam.
0: Yeah, but in terms of like, as I said before to you, I think off pod, it's just like that. I uh, we we we're going to get classic Marvel, I think, in this, and then I think we might maybe might get it again, more of like a uh, not not as real side with Loki when that comes out. Oh, I'm very excited about Loki. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, yeah, we're just going to... Anyone that's been wanting the action ever since Endgame and Infinity War, they're going to get that back.
1: No, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I thought the first episode was a good starting point. Yeah. Uh, good pick for it. your pick of the week. Look, to be honest with you, my pick of the week to back over it is probably Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League because mm. of, of the reasons I mentioned. It's a... It's a real sort of out-of-the-box, left-of-centre example of things we probably won't see again. No. You see director's cuts, you see extended cuts and the like. You very rarely see projects like this. It's, it's, a, it's a really rare exercise and an interesting exercise for that reason. So um, don't – yeah, look, <clears throat> the four hours in one sitting is probably a hard
0: – Did you do it in one sitting? No. No.
1: No, so I I actually it was funny I watched the Red Letter Media review as I mentioned and there was a really cool bit where they were like this is two movies
0: this could be two movies
1: mm. and it was like they I sort of smiled to myself I thought yeah you just cut it
0: Did you literally cut it at the start of part four though or I can't I it? can't remember the
1: parts I cut it at the part um, they just they they fight Steppenwolf in the um the tunnels under Gotham Harbor no they have that fight it. with him and Batman has his crab monster thing vehicle which doesn't make any sense it's just silly he has this crab vehicle and they as the red letter media guy said they're like it's the perfect cliffhanger they fight the villain they just barely escape with their lives and it's a bit of a regroup moment and then you cut credits we will continue it next week whenever
0: do you think cyborg's voice doesn't match his body i feel like the voice that cyborg has that whoever plays cyborg yeah ray fisher I feel like his voice doesn't match him. There's
1: a lot of problems with that character in the sense that you're trying to you're, you're trying to make the heart of your film this character who nobody really has a connection to. It's a, it's a really hard we thing need a to prequel. do. Yeah, and that's why those Marvel films, you know, they set these moments up. Yeah. So you know them and then when they turn up, you get them who they are. It's like when Ant-Man pops out of the van in Civil War, you're like, "Aha, I already know who you are." Do
0: you that. The opposite of whoever's making that call at Marvel, making all these calls of, you know, this is how we're gonna set up this, this is how we're gonna set up this. Do you reckon that same guy at DC is sitting there going, I'm doing a fucking shit hot job here? I'm
1: No, shit. I think they don't know what they're doing. They're not sure. And by that yeah. I don't mean I mean I don't think they know how to get to where they want to get to.
0: Other than starting all over again, but they're too deep in they're too them. deep
1: in. So yeah. what they should have done, somebody should have come to them and said, so Avengers laid the groundwork. So, two thousand and eight, you do Iron Man and Hulk. Mm. Two thousand and ten, I think. they Don't think they had a two thousand and nine movie. Mm. Ten was Iron Man two, and Thor. I think. And then, eleven was uh, Captain America. Yeah, maybe Thor was eleven as well. But anyway, you basically had a two and a half, three year build to this quaint idea of putting them together. Yeah, which is just seems unbelievable that no one had ever done it. It's just And then, then they're like fighting the whole time. The team, and then at the
0: end they finally reconvene.
1: Because the team up comic book is always where you kind of conclude the big arc. Yeah. So it just seemed extraordinary that no one had done it. DC should have done the opposite. So DC should have said, you know what we're going to do? We've got two options. Yeah. Either the team is the team, here they are, which they were going to do with George Miller. George Miller was going to direct his Justice League Mortal. Yeah. Megan Gale was Wonder Woman. Army Hammer was Batman.
0: Megan Gale. Yep.
1: Army Hammer was Batman. Um, DJ Catrona was Superman. Adrian Brody was The Flash. This had all happened. They were going to film it up in. I
0: can't. I, oh, sorry, I can't get over Megan, Megan Gale. It's was like 10 years ago more.
1: So they were going to film it here and then they had the writer's strike and the film got mothballed. But anyway, the other option would be to go out to Hollywood, biggest directors, writers, actors. Part of the thing that some of these creatives don't like when it comes to comic book movies is Chris Evans signs an eight picture deal or whatever it is. It was like a crazy deal, you know, to be Captain America. So you're sitting there going, it's probably like three standalones, three team ups, maybe a cameo here and there. Yeah, That's like 10 years of like, this is what I'm doing. And I've got to be ready to do these films. I've got to be in superhero shape. Oh, geez, that's the rewards are enormous, yeah. but the sacrifices are massive as well, creatively, yeah. artistically. Yeah. Go to the Hollywood people and basically say, pitch us Batman. And you and I come in and we pitch that Batman, the Superman, sorry, the Superman book I've spoken about. We pitch, it's Superman, it's set in the 30s, yeah. it's golden age. You yeah. know, That's our pitch. Mm. Retro... You know, Art Deco Superman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we like it. Go do it. And you know what we do? We do one. We do a standalone. Here's our Superman. We cast whoever. Don't set it up for other things. No, no, we just do one Superman film that's self-contained in its own world, own universe, own laws with one Superman. Two years later, someone else could do a Superman film that's completely different. Different Superman. Different direction. Same thing for Batman and sit there and go, we're going to do Batman. This guy, Robert Patton, sounds our Batman, but Ben Affleck's Batman as well. Just do different ones. Do Gotham by Gaslight, where Batman's like hunting down Jack the Ripper. Do it in Victorian England. It's a completely different film. So you do a few of these, a series of these, do a Wonder Woman, do a Green Lantern. Don't go ballistic. But then what you build up to is the big DC event is called Crisis on Infinite Earths, where that's when you do a multiverse style. Those Batmans we've already seen are all in one movie together. All of those characters. You've got three Supermans. And you basically just sit there and go, even if you didn't necessarily like that version of Superman, it wasn't your cup of tea, we're going to give you another version of Superman and then we're going to put them together. And they're all going to to fight a big bad guy and there's going to be three Batmans, two Supermans, four Green Lanterns. (laughs) And just have it be, you can have fun with it because you can have like... Crazy stuff. That's where you get the cool Spider-Verse did that, where they had, like, you know, Superman, uh, sorry, Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. Where he was a man out of time. He was a completely different of, character.
0: Honestly, one of my favorite characters of the last but, 10 years. But imagine,
1: <laughs> but imagine the fun of, like, just the craziness of you lean into the comic book silliness. You have the craziness of a Victorian England Batman mm. dealing with Batman Beyond or dealing with a Dark Knight Rises grizzled Batman. Yeah. And they're the same thing. They've got the same experience, but they're from a different universe. So that's what they probably should have committed to.
0: But so you, not everyone's a visionary like you, Sean.
1: Well, no, this stuff already exists in the comics. I'm just, I'm just repurposing stuff that's there already. Yeah, which right. is that, that's a what you common need. Common man like myself. That's what you need the vision for.
0: I hasn't delved that. It's deep. right
1: there, man. It's right there in front of him. That's what's frustrating. But yeah. anyway, that was my pick. Zack Snyder's Justice League, not <laughs> Jack Snyder's. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Snyder's. Have you seen
0: that clip of the comedian? That's um just doing a stand-up bit. And he goes, you, what's your name? He goes, Zach. He goes, Zach. <laughs> just like, taking the piss about his name. And then, he goes, what do you do for a job? He goes, oh, um, my um, movie director. He goes, movie director? And then someone goes, and then someone in the crowd yells out, oh my fucking God, realising who it is. And then he's like, what? He goes, and then Zack Schneider goes, how many movie directors do you, do you know called Zach?" He goes, Isak Schneider, <laughs> and the comedian's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> he's, just, he's just like, "Have I ruined any chance of me ever getting into a film?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and this is the, it's this clip of just him going, "Ah, oh, shit! I've just ruined my career." Damn it! Um It's it was popping up on TikTok and Twitter last I was week. Really I as, as, as this got re released. It's probably a year or two old. Yeah, okay. It's very very funny. Well, let's suss it out. Yeah,
1: he seems like not a bad guy. He seems like a really passionate guy. Yeah. So. I mean, good, good on him for getting it released, I suppose, ultimately. Having his vision out there after what he's gone through the last couple of years, professionally, personally. Yeah. It's a good win for him. Um, thank you so much for your time, Will. It's been a pleasure.
0: Pleasure to be back. We'll finally. do it again
1: in four to six weeks.
0: Yeah. just, just <laughs> we're, we're we're busy, man, at the moment. Yeah, we were ready no, to go last week. And it's and going
1: on. and To be honest, I think we said last week we were going to do it, but then I was like, ah, oh, but like Falcon Winter Soldier comes out and like yeah. Justice League comes out. And it's like yeah. probably not the worst thing to wait a week. No. Because we, you know, we'll actually, I didn't really have a whole lot to, but I was super passionate about talking last week. Mm-hmm. Next time, Mighty Ducks comes out, comes, I
0: saw yeah
1: Mighty Ducks game changes that comes out on Friday. Um, so we'll obviously keep tabs on that. We'll keep tabs on the Falcon Winter Soldier. We have got Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus I Kong. I will not be watching that. That comes out this week. So there's actually a few things in the in the pipeline this week which we'll probably cover next time. So. Thank you very much for your ears. Marvellous. We'll catch you then. Thank you, Will. See you. Bye.
2: Bye.